be grateful for. There's not a one of us, I don't think, has uh, gone without a meal today, gone without transportation to get wherever we need to, to go. He's provided us air to breathe, everything we need, God has given to us. And, you know, we're, we're just people, we're just human, and we always look out at what we don't have instead of looking at what we do have and the things that we've got to be thankful for. And again, that's just human nature, but, uh, you know, when we get down and start wishing we had that and wishing we had that, this, and we uh, get a little bit discouraged about that, we need to just sit down and count our blessings. Think about what God's done for us, what he's given us, and just to be a child of his is worth it. Oh, all right. I guess uh, uh, prayer requests, is that what we do next? I don't do this part. All right. Pam needs a notebook. house tonight amen appreciate your presence uh believe this will be uh well is it or is it not i was thinking it was the last wednesday of may but i'm not sure nope we've got one more right one more to go well praise the lord i was working on a holiday weekend memorial day <coughs> so Time goes by so fast, does it not? Amen. All right, just by way of announcements tonight, I do want to remind you that this upcoming Sunday, Memorial Day Sunday, we'll be honoring our graduates. So uh, we do have several uh, that have graduated, that, yeah, that have graduated, whether it be kindergarten or eighth grade. I don't think we have any high school graduates, but I don't want to miss out on anybody I know uh, as far as um, kindergarten, I believe, Aislinn. Is graduating and then crew or kicks kickers is graduating so if we have any more kindergarten or eighth grade or high school please let me know as uh, we're going to have a special gift for these children this upcoming Sunday do remember that and deacons and trustees I just want to go ahead and let you know that um, if you know we just really 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 need to make a special effort to have a meeting <coughs> this upcoming uh, Sunday if at all possible uh, we'll plan on doing that about 4 o'clock p.m., and uh, I know that just the last couple of Sundays we've had several out, but uh, we've got some church business we have to attend to, so we need to get that took care of. I do believe this Sunday night will be our um, our fellowship meal. I uh, haven't heard what the menu is, so um, anyway, we'll try to figure that out in between now and Sunday night, but we will... Uh, have a uh, fellowship uh, get-together Sunday night after church. Uh, do remember that um, Father's Day breakfast will be Saturday, June the 10th, or June the 17th at 10 o'clock a.m. in the fellowship hall. Ladies will be cooking your favorite breakfast foods. And again, an attendance sign-up sheet will be posted in the back in the near future. And my dad's uh, causing the car alarm to go off, so praise the Lord. Um, tonight is the last night for Children's Church for this year. It's been a wonderful year as our program has continued to grow 
<coughs> from Wednesday night to Wednesday night, and the Lord's blessed in a mighty way. We've had a few uh, kids saved along the way, and I say to God, be the glory for that. Amen. Just uh, what a blessing it is to pick these kids up. Lord willing, we will be doing a vacation Bible school with our children towards the end of the summer, so you be praying and thinking about that as uh you know, Bible school is just one of those wonderful ministries that we have to reach kids and prepare for the upcoming school year. So God continues to bless this ministry, and let's do everything we can to um, uh, to uh, just uh, just pray that the Lord's hand of favor would be upon it. Just any other announcements that I'm forgetting about tonight? Uh, tonight anything that I'm not uh, remembering? Any other announcements? Prayer requests this evening. Let's continue to remember Miss Ellen. Uh, Miss Ellen Thompson. I uh, visited with her yesterday in Kingsport, and she's doing she's doing well. She's starting to make some progress. As she had to go, they actually brought her to Greenville on Monday, and she, um, <clears throat> you know, they just looked at her knee, thought she was doing well, and uh, her pain is still there, but it's uh, subsiding a little bit, and. Um, she feels like she is making progress, so continue to remember uh, Miss Ellen Thompson in prayer. Uh, also, continue to remember Bob Price, as uh, again, he's still holding on, but we need to uh, uh, lift him up in prayer uh, for sure. Continue to remember him. Uh, pray for uh, LV. LV um, had his MRI this morning, and they have found some problems you know, again, I had a was just trying to grasp everything that he was trying to tell me, but it seems as if maybe they found some kind of uh, issue in his in his uh, upper neck, lower head area, and uh, he's going to be seeing a specialist. Uh, so we need to remember LV in prayer. And my understanding is they've told him they don't want him driving, which is certainly going to put an inconvenience on him. Uh, also, his uh, his niece. Uh, um, Miss, um, y'all help me out. Miss Debbie, Debbie Collins, thank you. She is, um, she does have brain cancer, and her outlook is not good. Uh, uh, I talked to LV Monday. We went out to lunch together and had thought about maybe uh, taking him down there to Vanderbilt to see her, but he talked to her husband today on the phone, and he's just uh, said just uh, basically the shape that she's in that. Uh, LV wouldn't want to see her that way, so we need to remember this family as uh, they're going through a very, very uh, dark time. Remember Mike and Grace, Lord willing, they'll be back with us this upcoming Sunday. Remember them in prayer. <coughs> continue to remember the Luke Buchanan family. Uh, continue to remember uh, um, Matt. Remember Matt, Reconciliation Ministries. Remember the Knights. Remember Anthony, Joanne, and Michael. Pray for Otis Melton. Continue to remember the Harold Foshi family, <coughs> the Gene Shelton family. Uh, continue to remember Mom as she recovers, uh, and Dad as well, and his his heart issues uh, that he's having. Uh, let me see if I can bring up a few from this past Sunday. Um, let's see here. Pray for me. I'll tell you, my allergies have been bothering me uh, significantly, and I've developed maybe a sinus infection, and uh, amen. So um, 
I do covet your prayers. Pray for Maxine Carter. That's mine and Holly's neighbor. as She's been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Uh, remember uh, Pam. Pray for uh, uh, Uncle Kenny's sister, Pat. Franklin Stanton. Uh, remember Mark Shores in prayer. Remember Otis. Uh, and these are just a few that was brought to our attention on Sunday. You might have something tonight that you'd like to add to the prayer list. If so, you can uh, bring that to our attention at this time. All right, and remember Holly and Chris McCoy and their health. It is going, something's going around. I know that much. Others tonight. Amen. Right. Remember the Gary Bergner family. Also, we put out a, uh, a prayer chain for a, a former co-worker, friend of Brian Cannon's in Oklahoma that's having some heart and stro uh, maybe stroke-related issues, and he specifically asked for our church to remember him in prayer. So, well, I'll tell you, that's, a, that's something else when somebody all the way from Oklahoma wants our church to pray for them. Amen. Uh, not right off. Hold on just a second. Put me on the spot. Your pleasure. I've done it to you, right? Joe Owen. Remember Joe Owen in prayer. <coughs> Somebody else this evening. Ask you to remember the art ministries in prayer as I've been uh, talking about a uh, special opportunity for us to progress and move that ministry forward and, and we're a step closer to making that happen. So again, our prayer is if the Lord wants that to be the case that he'll... Uh, He'll just uh, prop that door open and let us walk right on through it. But if not, that he'd close it. Nevertheless, not our will, but his be done. Amen? <clears throat> but I still believe that the best is yet to come for those ministries. Uh, amen. Thankful for what God has done. If it wasn't for that, Michelle wouldn't be with us. Amen? That might be a reason to shut it down in itself, right? <laughs> amen. Any others tonight? Pray for our nation. Uh, pray for um, our churches. Uh, amen. Need prayer. Pastors, preachers. Um, we need to pray for each other. Uh, that we would uh, stay encouraged and lifted up in our faith. And <clears throat> pray for the nation of Israel. And all of the turmoil that's going on around the world. Amen. Pray for me tonight as I preach that the Lord would give me physical strength and, uh, and energy to deliver, thus saith the Lord. Uh, unspoken requests this evening by the uplifted hand and lost loved ones that you have. Uh, amen. Remember our missionaries on the field. And we'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. Uh, join us if, 
If you can, if not, pray there in your seats, please. <clears throat> Scholar, would you lead us in prayer, brother? Father, we do thank you, God, again for this uh, privilege we have to come before you. Lord, just together, Lord, in your presence, Lord, with your people. Thank you, Father, Lord, for another Wednesday night prayer meeting service, God, that we're so blessed uh, and so privileged to be a part of. And, Lord, I pray from the beginning to the end that it might be just exactly what you'd have it to be. And, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, help us, Father, uh, Lord, just to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we know that before the world was quite framed, that you knew when we would, that we would be here at this moment, this, this time, and this place, Father. And Lord, I pray that we would just uh, get as much out of it as we possibly can, that we wouldn't leave anything on the table, but Lord, that we would also be quick to offer uh, our praise and thee, God. Lord, I pray that you bless everything that's going on, Lord, whether it be upstairs, downstairs, bless the youth. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for a, another successful year, Lord, of youth ministry and United for Christ. Lord, how you've used that program now through the years, and we pray that you'd continue to do that. Lord, help our teachers, Lord, to share these truths with these children. Lord, I pray you'd keep them safe as we uh, take them home tonight. Lord, uh, give them a good summer, Lord, but help them not to forget the things that they've learned. Help me to preach tonight, uh, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, just to share these truths, God, as you've uh, uh, Lord, revealed them unto me. And Lord, I pray. Lord, you just help us, Father, Lord, tonight, God, uh, Lord, just to find strength and direction, Lord, and, and, and encouragement, Lord, through the truths of thy word. Lord, bless your people tonight. Stir us in our faith. Lord, I pray, God, that you just help us to examine our hearts and make sure, Father, that we uh, uh, love you more tonight than we ever have, Father. And, Lord, I pray that you bless every prayer request that's been made known tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord you would just be, uh, Lord, Lord, we know that you're aware of every need, and Lord God, we know that you're able to meet and supply our needs according to your riches and supply. God, Lord, I pray you'd help us, Lord, always to make sure that we turn to you, God, during the trials uh, of life, Lord, realizing that you are our sufficiency, God, without you we can't do anything, Lord, thank you for who you are, what you do for us, God, what a mighty God you are. Lord, I thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Lord, bless, Lord, tonight. Move in our midst, work in our hearts. Help us, dear Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will take up our building fund offering at this time. If I could have a couple ushers come forward. Amen. You give as the Lord's blessed and prospered you. Uh, amen. Brother Lyle, you lead us in prayer tonight. Yes, Lord. Praise God. Uh, after you do that, will you go down into the fellowship hall and turn the air down a little bit? I'm about to roast up here.
Amen. Looking forward to that glad reunion day. I don't believe it'll be long. Amen. Do we see the Lord? We're reunited with our loved ones. And God calls us home to glory where we'll spend eternity with him uh, forever. Amen. Scholar, will you bring me that black mic right there in the corner of the... Amen. <clears throat> Lord's good in the church. Amen. Thank God for all he's done for us. Turn with me, if you will, tonight to Jeremiah, chapter number 33. Jeremiah, chapter number 33. Are you preaching, brother? <laughs> Amen. Ask Scholar if he wanted to preach. Amen. Jeremiah, chapter number 33, as we, uh, that we move uh, into this. Scott, do me one more favor. Sorry, push play and mute. <clears throat> um, Jeremiah 33 is pretty much a continuation um, of chapter number 32. It's, a, it's not the same episode, uh, so to speak, but it certainly, the events of this chapter certainly occurred within the same time frame as what we studied back in chapter number 32. If you remember... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had besieged Jerusalem. Jude, Judea had, for the most part, been over uh, had been overthrown, and um, Amen. It was just a matter of time until the city itself fell. The people of God uh, were being starved out, so to speak. They still had not repented. <laughs> Isn't that something to see? Just how stubborn people can be. Instead of owning their problems, they were still blaming the man of God, still blaming Jeremiah. He was in prison. Uh, he loved them enough to tell them the truth, but they uh, became angry um, uh, for the things that he said. They just simply uh, were not able to endure sound doctrine. Reminds you of the times that we're living in today, certainly. But Jeremiah, it was a dark time for his life. He was in jail. He was in prison and uh, heartbroken. Uh, knowing the fate of, of, of his beloved nation, his beloved city, knowing that just within a short period of time, the palace, uh, the temple, uh, amen, uh, just pretty much the walls of the city would be burned with fire and there would be really nothing left at all. Uh, in fact, go ahead, brother. Okay, well, uh, don't worry about it. We won't. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not a not a not a big deal, not a big deal. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, again, it was just a matter of time uh, until there. Well, the city would be in, left inhabitable. That was where I was at. Um, you know, it, things would be so bad in in Jerusalem and in Judea as a result of the Babylonian invasion that. Uh, People could not live in the city and survive, uh, so to speak. But yet God had not forsaken his people. And that's, that's, a, that's an easy thing to say. Uh, and I'm sure that was a hard thing for the people of God to understand. But God was still there. And specifically, God had not abandoned Jeremiah. And, and God appeared to Jeremiah on multiple occasions with specific messages of hope for the future, and that's kind of where we're at as we enter into chapter number 32 of our text uh, as we find another message of hope for the future in spite of the circumstances. 
And friend, I just want to remind you tonight that I don't care what you're going through, what you're facing, what we as a church may be going through, what our nation, our young people. Man, if we're looking for a reason to become discouraged or depressed and, and defeated, want to give up and quit, man, I mean, you can find plenty of excuses for it, right? Uh, especially when you, you know, put your confidence in the, in the circumstances that you're going through, the situations that you're facing. But yet there's still hope. Amen. I don't care what we face. I don't care how bleak uh, the outlook, uh, the horizon may be dark, but yet there's still hope. We who are saved, we are a people of hope. Amen. And friend, if you have lost your hope tonight, there's nobody to blame for that besides you. Amen. You say, well, the devil's robbed me of my hope. Well, you're the one that led him, glory to God. Because if you stand upon the truths, the promises of God, if you believe what the Bible says, no matter what you're facing in life, there is hope. Amen? You say, preacher, where is our hope? Our hope is in the Lord. Uh, my hope's not in my circumstances. My hope's not in my money. My hope's not uh, even in my family or my friends or all of the temporary things that uh, we want to... Uh, that we want to uh, uh, place our faith and trust in. My hope is in no other than Jesus Christ. And tonight we're going to see a reason for that, uh, why our hope is in the Lord. You say, preacher, why do we have hope? Because we serve the God of hope. Amen. Uh, our God is the God of all hope. So uh, I, hope that if, I hope that if nothing else this evening, maybe the Lord will uh, give you some hope and some help uh, to uh, just to uh, carry on a little further in your journey of faith. Let's read, uh, and I'm not going to read the entire chapter tonight for sake of time, but let's read a few verses. Chapter number 33, verse number 1, Moreover, the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. And boy, this verse ought to be familiar with it. It is the key to you. It is the key verse uh, in the entire chapter, certainly. And everything that Jeremiah writes uh, in this chapter, I believe, centers around verse number 33, or verse number 3 of chapter number 33. Call unto me, and I will answer th thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Isn't that a wonderful passage? Somebody said that's God's telephone number, amen. Well, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it's a promise to uh, it's a promise to Israel, but I believe we can make an application to our lives that if we call unto Him, He will answer us and He will show us great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the houses of the city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts, and by the sword they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of the men whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and for all the, whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Uh, amen. So again, we see that, that the Lord, uh, uh, by way of the penmanship of Jeremiah, God is describing the condition of the, of the city. He had thrown it down. Uh, amen, by the mounts and by the sword, uh, and uh, amen, those that come to fight. You know, Jeremiah warned the people, don't, don't, don't fight them. 
You you do not have the favor of God on your side. So if you go to fight the enemy apart from God's favor, you're going to lose. Amen. And may I remind you tonight, church, that any time we try to fight the enemy, we'd better make sure that we have the presence of God with us. He better be in our corner. His favor better be upon us. Otherwise, we better stay out of the battle. Amen. Some people today, we do need people to get on the battlefield for the Lord, but some people, amen, just need to go to the house. As uh, Brother Lacey preached to us a few Sunday nights ago, just go home. Amen. Because we're not cut out for it. We're not committed to it. We've not consecrated ourselves. We're not separated. Uh, Our vessels are not meat for the Master's use. And uh, Amen. I'll tell you what. If you choose to pick a fight with the devil, you better make sure uh, that you prepare yourself uh, for what's coming. Amen. Because the devil, he's no slouch. And he's greater than you. Uh, He's a formidable foe. And you don't stand at fighting chance with Satan on your own or by yourself. But hallelujah, praise the Lord tonight. The devil doesn't stand a, a, a chance against Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. You remember Israel uh, easily defeated Jericho because the captain of the Lord's host went before them. But yet because there was sin in the camp, uh, amen, and Achan uh, hid the treasures in his tent. He had a hidden sin in his tent and Amen. So uh, God's people, because of how easy the victory had been at Jericho, uh, they had, um, uh, amen, they were overconfident. Uh, And and Ai was not nearly as formidable of a city as Jericho had been, but uh, again, Joshua presumptuously sent a smaller force against Ai, expecting that they would just mop the floor with those people. Long story short, uh, Israel was defeated and a host of, uh, of uh, soldiers were slain, uh, amen, all because uh, of sin that existed in the life of one man. Amen. We better make sure that we're prepared if we're going to go to battle for Jesus. Amen. Uh, so again, the people had, uh, in, in Jeremiah's day, had come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in mine anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. So it was a very bleak situation. You know, what Jeremiah is describing here, these were dark days. These were dark days for the nation collectively, but they were certainly dark days for people like Jeremiah as well. He was part of the remnant. Amen. He hadn't done anything to deserve this, so to speak. It was just, amen, he was sort of, we might even refer to him as being an innocent bystander, so to speak. But you know, sometimes God's people uh, suffer for the sins of others. Amen? And and, uh, the Bible says judgment must first begin at the house of God. And I'm afraid that we American Christians may have to go through some things on behalf of the sins uh, of our nation. Uh, amen. And I'm afraid that our children may uh, end up having to go through some things because of our sins. They're victims. Amen. They don't deserve. Daniel was a victim. Daniel did not deserve to be carried off to Babylon. Amen. He was a young man. But he had to suffer because of the sins of his forefathers. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. All right. So let's get into think, th- this thing tonight. And uh, amen. I believe the Lord would have us to share some things with you tonight regarding great and mighty things. Now, before, and we're going to pray in just a minute, but now, 
again, I, I showed you her. We read verses 4 and 5, which provides us with a description of the current condition that existed in, in Jerusalem, a very bleak outlook. But then, pretty much um, from verse number 6 on down through the end of the chapter, the Lord describes uh, some future blessings that he had providentially prepared for his people. He said, yes, Jeremiah, the future's bleak right now, but just hold on, help's on the way. Amen. Uh, listen, it's not over until God says it's over. And I've still got some blessings out there in the future calling to me, and I will answer thee, and I'm going to show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. How many of you believe God has still got some great and mighty things uh, laid up and res uh, reserved for His people, even during the days that we're living in. Amen. I've not seen, ear, hadn't heard, even ha it hadn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. That verse, a lot of times, we quote do having to do with heaven, and certainly God's got some things laid up for me over on the other side. Amen. My inheritance. Uh, amen. That's uh, incorruptible, undefiled, Fadeth not away and is reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah. Great and mighty things. Amen. We, we can't even comprehend the, what heaven's going to be like. Right? But I'm telling you, I believe that, that God's still got some things reserved for us and prepared for us even. Uh, amen. God doesn't need a pasture field to prepare a table. God can pre prepare a table for his people in the desert land. This is a desert land that you and I are living in, right? And if you don't stay close to God, you're going to starve to death, brother. But I'm telling you, I believe God's still able to, to provide a well, <laughs> an oasis. Amen. He, he provided manna for His people. He provided quail in the desert. Uh, amen. Their shoes didn't wear out. The, uh, amen. They didn't have to buy new clothes. Because uh, one set of clothes and one pair of shoes lasted them the entire 40 years of wilderness wandering. And that's what God did for His people. Brother, God doesn't need a pasture field to provide, uh, amen, a table for you. He'll pro provide a table for you in the wilderness. Amen. David was on the run from Mephibosheth. Amen. Uh, the, the majority of people had forsaken him, had abandoned him. I mean, he's having to run for his life because his own son has committed treason against him. Turned his back on the king. David had lost his throne. He'd lost it all. Why? Because of his own sin. Amen. But yet, out there in the middle of the desert, on the run from, uh, amen, his, his Absalom, uh, knowing that he was, Amer he was uh, America's most wanted, so to speak, I mean, can you imagine how low David must have felt at that point in time? But yet at his, most, at his lowest time, he wrote, uh, many are they, incre many are they um, increase that trouble me. Many rise up against me. Many uh, who say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. You ever been there? Where everybody else had given up on you? <laughs> they, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to take... I'm not going to invest in Brother Nick any longer because, uh, amen, I'm afraid he's fizzled out. And I'm going to find me a thoroughbred uh, to put my money on, hallelujah, one that's going to cross the finish line. Amen. But you know, it's not over till God says it's over. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me.
Uh, amen. Uh, the glory and the lifter of my head. Uh, David said, I'll laid me down and slept and awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Even though his own son had a bounty on his head, David said, I slept like a baby at night because I had a shield around me. I had one who, uh, amen, it was his responsibility to provide each and every need that I have. And brother, if God did that for David, he can do that for you. And he can do that for me. Some great and mighty things. All right. Oh, I love the Word of God, don't you? Continuation, verse number 1. Moreover, the Word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time. That ought to be a blessing to you. Amen. The, the, the God is in the business of giving second chances. <laughs> Anybody glad the Lord come to you the second time? Aren't you glad tonight we serve one who did not throw the clay away? Amen. What value am I? I mean, all I've done is every time God gives me a second chance, I blow it, right? Make a mess out of it, fall flat on my face. And then the old devil comes around and kicks me while I'm down and said, you might as well give up. You might as well throw in the towel. God's, uh, amen, God's through with you. God's going to forsake you, turn his back on you. But you know what? Uh, at, my, at my lowest point, at the midnight hour, the word of the Lord comes to me a second time. God did that for Jonah. And God revealed His will for Jonah. Jonah said, I don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, I don't like the Ninevites. I can't stand them. They're the ones that are responsible for the condition of my nation. Amen. God didn't want, uh, or jo Jonah didn't want God to save the Ninevites. God, Jonah wanted God to judge them. So he hightailed it <laughs> to Tarshish. Amen. Caught the first ship out of Joppa and headed out of town. Amen. And God had to judge him. And God had to jerk his chain. And God prepared a fish, a whale. And uh, amen. Jer uh, Jonah had to spend three days and nights and, you know, amen, sleeping around in uh, seaweed and gastric juice. Amen. He got vomited up on the land. And uh, after God had broke his will, amen, the Bible says the word of the Lord came the second time to Jonah. And I'm thankful for those second time experiences in my life. Amen. Amen. Can I remind you tonight that even when we're faithless, God's still faithful. Amen. And I sure am thankful tonight that the Lord is a whole lot more faithful to me than I am to Him. Amen. See, the focus of these verses, it's not on us or our failures. Or our, I mean, Jeremiah, and it wasn't in this passage, but earlier on when old pastor came to him and amen, put him in stocks for speaking the truth, Jeremiah got mad at God. Amen. I mean, he said, Lord, you've done me wrong. I'm not going to talk. I'm gonna, every time I open my mouth and mention your, mention your name, I suffer for it. Amen. But God gave him what he needed just when he needed it. And the next thing you know, he had a fire shut up within his bones and he couldn't. He said, I can't help but preach and teach. You know, it reminds me of those disciples in Acts chapter number 5 when they uh, amen. The religious crowd told him not to make any more mention of the name of Jesus. And they said, we just can't help but tell what he's done for us. <laughs> We've got a case of the, the, we, the, of the can't help it. And we've got to tell somebody what the Lord's done for us. Amen. I'm thankful for his grace. The word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time. Amen. People might have abandoned Jeremiah, but God had still been faithful. 
And friend, that more than anything else will help sustain you through the hardships and the adversities and the dark days of your life. Amen. The faithfulness of the Lord your God. You know what you need to do when you're in the, when, when, amen, when, when, when you're lower than a snake's belly, so to speak? Focus on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't, don't look at your circumstances. Amen. Because if you do, you'll get discouraged. You'll want to give up and quit. But just keep your eyes on the Lord and His goodness and His faithfulness. Amen. Uh, uh, there's a song, and uh, amen, uh, just got to listen. That's a good thing to do when you get discouraged. Listen to some, some good up, uplifting music. Uh, amen. One of my favorite songwriters, Phil Cross, uh, amen, uh, amen, wrote a song, He Don't Owe Me One Thing. You Don't Owe Me Anything. And friend, God doesn't know us. He's already given us His best. Amen? God's never done us nothing but good. Amen? And one thing about it, He will be faithful no matter what. Now there, but, but, amen, we, we've got to learn to be content. Can I say that tonight? You say, preacher, what's the secret to content? Keeping your eyes on, Lord, on the Lord. Find your happiness. Find your joy. Find your satisfaction. Find your peace. Amen. Not in, in the things of the world or, or, or in the circumstances of life, but in the faithfulness of the Lord your God. If you just stay close to God and, and right in the, the middle of His will and uh, meditate on His Word, be faithful in prayer, cultivate a, a, a healthy daily relationship with your Savior, you'll be able to you'll be able to find peace, happiness, and contentment regardless of your circumstances. Paul said, I'd learned that in whatsoever estate that I am in, wherewith to be content. Amen. Praise the Lord tonight. Situation. While he was yet shut up in the court, the prison, saying, see, he was in prison. He was broke because he just uh, spent every money he had on a worthless piece of property. <laughs> He didn't have anything. He was being blamed. He was being ridiculed. He was being made fun of. Yet I believe he was able to find contentment in the Lord's presence. Knowing that God was with him. Amen. And just when he needed him the most, the word of the Lord came to him the second time and gave him just exactly what he needed. Now there's an ordination. Verse number 2. Notice the focus, not on the situations, not on Jeremiah, but the focus of these two verses uh, amen, excuse me, these three verses uh, are who God is and what he was able to do. What he was still able to do for Jeremiah. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, verse 2, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. Amen. In, in other words, the Lord's the one that created it. Created what? Created everything. Amen. God is the creator of all things. And what God creates, He establishes. One thing about it, you don't have to worry about God uh, blowing in and blowing out. <laughs> Amen. When God does something, he, he, he does it in a stable way, in a sure way. Uh, amen. When God builds a house, He doesn't build it on stilts. He, he makes sure there's a, a sure foundation to stabilize and make sure that it endures the tests 
of time. He established, not only did God create, say, preacher, who did God? Well, God created Jeremiah. And if God created Jeremiah, He was going to sustain Jeremiah. He was going to establish him. He was going to stabilize him. Amen. Because his faith was built upon a firm foundation. That's why you got to make sure you put your trust in, uh, in the facts of God's Word and not your feelings. Your feelings are a sandy foundation. I don't always feel good. I don't always feel like coming to church. I don't always feel like preaching. I don't always feel like being faithful to the Lord. Amen? But my faith is not founded on my feelings. My faith is founded on the facts of the Bible. Amen. And as long as we make sure that we have a solid foundation, Judah, Israel was built on a... God, God not only did God form Israel, but He established Israel. Amen. You say, preacher, how well did He establish it? Well, she's still going today, isn't she? And if the devil's ever tried to overthrow or to destroy a group of people, it's the Jews. But the, the Jews have been sustained, and they will continue to be sustained uh, until God fulfills every single promise that He ever made to His chosen people. Because what God forms, He establishes. How many of you believe that God's formed some things in your life? I mean, when He formed them, He established them. You say, preacher, what does that mean? He didn't form them... To, uh, to go just a little while and then fizzle out. But they're going to last. They're going to endure. He that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Brother, there's days that I think I'm not going to make it, but by God's help and according to His amazing grace, I believe God's going to sustain me. Paul was getting ready to lay his head down on a chopping block, and he said, I believe God's going to preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. And if he did that for Paul, he'll do that for you. How many of you believe God's in the sustaining business? Amen. God's a finisher. Amen. You ever known somebody that liked to start something, start two or three projects at once and never finished any of them? Amen. God don't work that way. If He starts it, brother, you better believe it's going to be finished. It's going to complete it. Why? Because what He, uh, amen, uh, what He uh, forms, He establishes it. Amen. Identification. The Lord, verse number 2, is His name. How many of you are thankful that the Lord is His name? You say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, here, notice that the all four letters of the word Lord, L-O-R-D, are in capital letters. Is that how your Bible is? See, that is the divine, holy, sacred title that we know and refer to as Jehovah. Yahweh. Do you know it was so sacred that the Jews were not even allowed to write that name, let alone speak it. That's why they got so mad at Jesus, because Jesus almost trivially or flippantly, not only did he use the name Yahweh, but he referred to himself as Yahweh. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He was using the divine title Jehovah. He was referring to himself as none other than Jehovah God. All throughout the book of John, I am Yahweh, the light of the world. I am Yahweh, the good shepherd. 
I am Yahweh, the door. I am Yahweh, the way, the truth, and the life. I am Yahweh, the resurrection and the life. I am Yahweh, the true vine. And boy, when he said that, he hair-lipped the Pharisee crowd. Amen. Because even to, to, to write or transcribe, let alone speak, that name was forbidden to any Jew. But Jesus could do it because, amen, when they were writing or speaking the name Yahweh, they were writing and speaking about him. Now, the Jehovah Witnesses crowd doesn't like that. You know, you talk to them about Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. They'll tell you that. They'll say, I believe he was a good prophet. He was a good teacher. He was a miracle worker, yada, 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 yada. But just ask him this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was Jehovah God? Man, you might as well spit in their face than to say something like that. That's blasphemy to Jehovah Witness to, to say that Jesus was nothing less than Jehovah. Amen? Just like when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and they came to arrest him. And Jesus wasn't a sissy, brother. Hallelujah. And they came to arrest him, and Jesus didn't hide, but he stepped right up. They said, where's Jesus? He's the one that we're coming after to arrest. And he stepped forward and looked him soldiers right in the eye, and he said, uh, I am he. And if you notice in your King James Bible, that word he is in italics. So in reality, what Jesus said when he stepped up, he said, I am. And the Bible says they fell backwards to the ground because they couldn't st stand the power of Christ pronouncing who he was. Aren't you thankful that he, he is who he always has been? Amen. I think about Moses when he was up there on that mountain and he had that supernatural encounter with a bush that, would not, that was on fire but, but, but would not go out. And Moses com or God commissioned Moses and uh, told him to go look Pharaoh, the most powerful ruler in all the world at that time, right smack dab in the face and say, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Moses said, well, I need some credentials. I need to be able to tell old Pharaoh who sent me. And God said this out of the midst of that bush. He said, tell them that uh, I am that I am hath sent me. Jehovah, Yahweh, I am that I am. Say, so preacher, what does that mean? Well, when he spoke, he wasn't speaking in the past or future tense but he was speaking in the present tense. Amen. You'll never, you can never refer to God in a past tense. As if there was a point in time when he was, but he's no longer in existence, or he will not be in existence in the future. Amen. Amen. He is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, that which was, that which is, and that which is to come, Jesus Christ, Jehovah God, Yahweh, I am that I am. Amen. Amen. All, every good gift comes from above. Comes from, comes from the Father of lights, James wrote. Chapter 1, but he said, In whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What a powerful phrase that is, describing the divine attributes not only of God, Jehovah, but also our Savior, Jesus Christ. You say, Preacher, uh, what does that mean? Well, very simply, it's referring to the immutability of God. Our God is immutable. You say, that's a big word. Yeah, well, it simply means He's unchangeable. <laughs> 
It means who he was in Moses' days, who he is in our day. Amen? It means that the God of Noah is the God of here and now. It means that the same God that delivered the three Hebrew children out uh, from the midst of the fire, the flaming fire, he's the God that I call Savior, Lord, and Master. Amen. The God that helped David defeat Goliath when he was just a teenage boy is the guy, the God that has been entrusted with my sustenance and my provision. In other words, what he did in the Old Testament, he can still do today. Amen. Uh, who God was in Bible days is who He is in our day. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. He's the God who cannot change. He is not affected by our circumstances. Amen. COVID didn't cause Him to break a sweat. Amen. Uh, amen. The world seems as if it's fallen apart, but... In reality, it's fallen right into place because he's in control. He's still on his throne. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is his name. Aren't you thankful tonight that the Lord is his name? Amen. Invitation. Now here's verse number three. Call unto me. You know, a lot of us, you say, well, preacher, why am I living... So far below my spiritual, uh, spiritual potential. Why am I still spinning my wheels wandering in the wilderness instead of, uh, amen, uh, biting into the grapes of Eskel and drinking milk and honey? Well, when's the last time you called unto Him? Amen? You know, God's got some great and mighty things out there that we know not, that our eyes can't see. We can't even imagine what God is still able to do in the year 2023. Just as much as He was able to do in Moody's day. Amen? But we'll never see those great and mighty things unless we call unto Him. See, the problem is we want to call on everybody else. And we want the Lord to be our last result. We want to wait till we're in a mess and to where we don't have anybody to turn to uh, but Him before we call on Him. But that's step number one. If you're going to see the great and mighty things that God is still able to do for you just as He's always been able to do, you're going to call on Him. You've got to call on Him. We have not because we ask not. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us and we know that if He hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we shall have the petitions that we desired of Him. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name. He will give it you. What is it you stand in need of tonight, church? My question is, when's the last time you asked for it? In faith, believing. Amen? See, God's able to do it, but are we willing to take Him at His word and believe that He is able to bestow upon our lives or upon our community or upon our church? You know what I think would be a, a good thing for us to do here at United Baptist Church? To make prayer more of a priority in what we do. 
How many of you would say, you know, preacher, I could do a better job of my personal prayer life than what I do. I need to spend more time on my knees calling out to God than what I am right now. Well, I mean, we got some issues in our church. We need God to come through for us and to do some, some things for us. Well, if he's going to do it, maybe we need to spend some more time, spend time making prayer here in our congregation a more important priority than what it has been. I think that'd be according to the will of God, don't you? Man, calling to me. Here's the reaction, and I will answer thee. Isn't that great? Now, that sounds pretty elementary, but that's a blessing to know that the Lord's line is never busy. He never puts you on hold when you call his number. Amen. Anytime I call Brother Barry Rackley, if he don't answer me, his voicemail message comes up and says, he says, uh, I'm sorry I can't answer, but here's a number that's never busy. Jeremiah 33, 3, calling to me and I'll answer thee. Isn't that good? Amen. Listen, my old papa, he'd get mad. He, he just couldn't stand voice, voicemail. Answering machines, was, that was a sin. Uh, an answering machine. To have an answering machine, and if, and if Papa called you and you didn't answer, that answering machine would come up and you'd hear something like, <laughs> and then it'd hang up. Praise God. I'm thankful I don't, the, the Lord doesn't have, there's no need for God to have an answering service. Amen. There's no need for God to, to have call waiting. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. You don't have to ever worry about him being unavailable. Amen. Uh, if we call on him, he will both hear and answer our prayers unless we regard iniquity in our heart. That's the only time he won't hear us. Amen. We've got to make sure when we come to him, we come to him with clean hands and a heart that's pure and upright before him. Now there's a de demonstration. And show thee... <laughs> Great and mighty things. Show it. Demonstrate it. Bring it to pass. Manifest. And things that are undeniable. Things that cannot be questioned. Amen. But first of all, we've got to believe that God can do that. Show, do you believe that God in 2023, right here at United Baptist Church on the corner of, of Pinto and Buckingham Road, do you still believe God's able to show us some great and mighty things? Friend, I can go back over the course of my ministry here at United uh, 16 years and I could give you a list of great and mighty things that God has shown us. And boy, there's some great and mighty things that He's, he's done long before I ever became your pastor. And I, I, I would say that every single person here tonight or everyone that's watching or listening uh, by way of live stream would have to say that, yes, preacher, that God in the past has shown some great and mighty things. He's demonstrated them. He's manifested them. He's brought them to pass in such a way that nobody else but him could take credit for it. Well, if he did it before, what's to keep him from doing it again? Amen? God's not bound by the, by the economy, the instability, the uncertainty, the, the division. Amen? God's still able to do for us what he's always been able to do for us. But we've got to believe just as Jeremiah said in the last chapter, that nothing's too hard for the Lord. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. There are no limits to the magnitude 
the capacity or the capability of what God is able to do in and through our lives. Amen. You know what we do so many times? We try to put limits and restrictions on God. Lord, you can do this, but you can't do that. Friend, when you shortchange God, all you're doing is shortchanging yourself. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. God can do, listen to me tonight, church, God can do more than you can ever imagine. You say, preacher, what is the maximum capacity of what God can do at United Baptist Church? There are no limits to His ability. I mean, we're sitting here in a very small crowd of people today, tonight, and, and it's not just our church, but friend, as I talk to pastors all over, people, you know, men of God getting discouraged because of how, how little interest people seemingly have in the things of God. Well, I get that, but that ain't no sweat to God. <laughs> Amen? I mean, when did, when did God base His ability to do things on man's interest or lack thereof? Brother, God, God, hey, when business picks up when God's house, when God begins to move and, and when God begins to do great and mighty things, amen, when God begins to do things that are beyond uh, anything we could ever imagine, exceed, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, Amen. Do you believe? Do you believe that, or you, do you not? Isn't that what the Bible says, friend? <laughs> when God begins to show up and show out, you won't have to worry about people's interest. When God comes down, people take notice. Amen. The problem is a lot of what's going on in the name of religion today. God isn't within a million miles of. It isn't because He doesn't want to or isn't able to. It's because uh, we don't have any desire for it. Amen. Again, when we shortchange God, we in essence are guilty of shortchanging our own selves. Don't put limits on, on, on the Lord's ability to work in your life. Amen. You need to set your, your sights high. You're, you need to have a high standard of what God is able to do in and through your life. We need to have high standards here at United. Amen. We, put, we compare our church with other churches. Well, uh, you know, nobody else's church is growing. Well, that's, that's an excuse for ours not to grow. Really? When, are, when is the condition of another church an excuse for the condition of our church? We need to get our eyes off of the situation. We need to quit excusing the apathy and the carelessness and the, uh, amen, the fact that, well, bless God, we're living in the last days. Amen. Well, so what? God's still able to do what He's always been able to do. I'm afraid we're using our situations to limit what God can do. I just believe there's still some great mighty things out there. Amen? Sometimes as a pastor, let me just be real with you for a minute. I'm almost through tonight. Man, I mean, sometimes I think God's through with me. Is that all right for me to say that? I mean, Lord, I've been at it for 16 years and I mean, maybe I feel like uh, my gas tank's on empty. Maybe you're just done with me. Amen? Maybe you're looking for somebody new, somebody fresh. Right? 
mean, I believe God's still able to use me as, as much as He's ever been able to use me. Right? I believe there's still some great and mighty things out there in store for my life and my ministry if I'll just yield and submit myself to God believing, amen, that He can do in and through me what He's always been able to do. See, we can't... Man, there's always ups and downs. There's always high times and low times. You know, you say, well, preacher, why does God let you go through the low moments to appreciate the good ones? <laughs> amen, if God didn't let you go through the times of leanness, you sure wouldn't appreciate the times of fatness. Amen, if, you did, if, you did, if He didn't let you go through the drought every now and then, you wouldn't appreciate the flood of water, amen, that He pours out on your soul. Amen. We've been through it before, and He's always sustained us, and He'll do it again. We just cannot let the current circumstances or situations in our lives, in our church, in our nation, community, whatever it is, cause us to want to put a cap and say, oh yeah, it's great, but uh, that's impossible in these days. Well, it may be impossible for men, but it's not possible with God. It's not impossible with God. You still need to read that book, Circle. <laughs> What's the name of it? The Circle Maker. That preacher man didn't have a lick of sense other than believe God could do great things. First church failed, didn't it? He moved to Washington, D.C. and decided that uh, the Lord was leading him to start a church uh, on Capitol Hill. And, uh, man, what that man went through. And, amen, they had, they had church in the movie theaters and uh, started a coffee shop. Didn't know what to do with the coffee shop, but God used it. But you know why God used it? It's because every step that God led him to take, amen, he was crazy enough to go out and, and, and march around whatever building he felt like God was leading them to purchase or to buy, he'd march around it and pray. So people looked at him and said, what in, the, what in the world's that crazy fool doing? Well, just so happened that everything he prayed for, God gave to him. And, God, and, and that church is now, in our day, one of, the, one of the strongest, most vibrant churches in, in the entire country just because a man was willing to take God at His word and believe He can do what He said He would do. Amen. Oblivion, and we conclude tonight, which thou knowest not. I don't want to miss out on the things that God has for me out there on the horizon. Just because I can't see it. Huh? Just because it ain't happened yet. And just because things look bleak. Friend, I want to remind you, it ain't over until God says that it's over. And as long as there's a God in heaven, there's still hope. Amen? Amen. We need, we need to quit basing our decisions on the circumstances around us and we need to take hope and faith and courage in the unlimited potential not of us but the power that works in us of our Savior 
which thou knowest not, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, but as it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It's not even entered into your heart the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I like that last phrase, the deep things of God. But you know, in order to embrace or to attain the deep things of God, you've got to get out of the shallow end and be willing to wade out into deep water. <laughs> A lot of times we miss out on the deep things of God because we're scared to get out of the shallow end. Huh? Sometimes you just got to grow up, take a step of faith. Man, I, I love Peter. Peter is one of my favorite Bible characters. Man, if God, man, if God didn't kick Peter to the curb, then maybe he won't kick me to the curb because that fellow blew it about as much as I do. But God restored him and God used him. But one thing about Peter, he wasn't afraid to take risks. You'll never experience the reward unless you're willing to take the risk. Amen? Investing. Amen. Lord provides you with an opportunity. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit in a boat? Are you going to jump out and walk, walk on water? Well, I'd rather sink knowing that I was willing to take the risk than I would to miss out on the blessing because I was content with the safety and the security of the boat. Most people stay in the ship. Very few walk out on water. Man, that man in Washington, D.C., the reason God's blessed his ministry and his church the way that he has is because the man was willing to take some risks by faith, do some crazy things. He was persistent. There were times that he tried to purchase a piece of real estate property and, uh, amen, it would be sold out from under him, but he wouldn't give, it, give up and kept praying and kept believing. At the very last moment before the deal was sealed, some unfortunate, foreseen circumstance would happen the, the the bottom would fall out of the deal and he'd end up getting it just as he believed that it would happen it meant we've got to be willing to take some risks or we'll never receive the reward i believe god's still got some milk and honey in canaan land you think about that first generations of, of israelites that missed out amen they were not willing to claim the blessing because there's afraid of the giants oh moses <laughs> the land is everything and more than you said it was milk and honey grapes of eskel pomegranates i mean they even brought back samples of the the blessing and the bounty and the abundance of canaan land they said but those anakins and those giants were but grasshoppers in their sight and they missed out, and an entire generation of Israelites never inherited the blessings of Canaan because they weren't willing to take the risk to see if God could do what he said he'd do. Amen? I believe there's water out of great depths. I believe God is still able to furnish a table in the, in, in the wilderness. Once again, God doesn't need a pasture to furnish a table. I mean, God can... Furnish a table for His people anywhere He so chooses to do. God doesn't need a big church. God doesn't need a celebrity preacher to do great mighty things. In fact, God's more apt to use the weak 
than he is the wise and the mighty because he wants to make sure that all the glory goes to his high and holy name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If he did it for Jeremiah, he can do it for you. And he can do it for us. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, I love you. I've done my best, Lord, to share your truth, God. And Lord, we don't believe it was an accident or a coincidence. We believe this is exactly where you'd have us to be tonight. And Lord, I believe it's perfect timing. Lord, I believe I needed to hear this. I believe that our church needs to hear it. And Lord, we can't lose hope. We can't lose faith. We've got to believe. We've got to keep pressing on, believing somewhere out there, just over the horizon, Lord, there's a blessing. There's still some great and mighty things. Lord, there's still some things you have not done that you want to do. There's still some things you haven't given that you want to give. There's still some people that you want to save that are not saved. There's still some families that you want to reach that are not reached. There's still some young people in Greenville. You want to give hope that right now have no hope. God, help us to live by faith and to not walk by sight and realize, Father, that if we'll just believe and ask and live our lives in a way that's holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is our reasonable service, Lord, you'll use us to do great and mighty things, things that are beyond our imagination, things that we cannot even fathom that you could do. Lord, you, that's exactly what you want to do. Lord, I love you and I praise you. And I pray that, Lord, that these words would settle in and sink into our hearts and take root, Father, bearing abundance of fruit in our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. All God's people say it. You are dismissed.